This is the Monday Night Men's Forum. Uh, I'm Matt of A Farm Hop Life, and tonight we have... Christopher from Secure Coop. Hey, welcome hey. back. Thank Been you. a while. Yeah. Um, so tonight, we're talking about... Uh, this is episode 24 of the Men's Forum. What have you done... Yep, totally cut out. What have you done for me lately? But before we get to that, um, let's do some personal events. Sure. What's what's a what's a personal event event you would like to share? Uh, you one that you're probably gonna be uh, annoyed at. I was on another podcast just before this one. Are you cheating on me? Uh, <laughs> I might be. <laughs> Let's hear it. What the what's the what's the podcast? Give me a shout. Yeah, out. this was this was um, magnifying Christ in in your business, and he's more about business podcast and it's business and relationship with the Lord and walking through that. So, just as I did talk with you on my interview with you, I talked about uh, the business and walking with fatigue and trying to push through and make all that happen and and how. Uh, my relationship with Christ has also just filled that out and made that uh, not stressful, but made it possible, made it, you know, just day by day by day, empowering and power in grace. So I just enjoyed that. I just had a good long, com- you know, had a good um, hour, 45 minute conversation. Uh, give him the, uh, what's the name of the podcast? Boy, what is the name? Of it? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Uh, but I know I've got it linked on my wall. It is a uh, empowering uh, forward momentum. Empowering forward momentum. Empowering forward momentum. Yeah, and he runs nice. a, another another podcast about liberty, and I suggested that you might talk to him. Maybe you guys could, could cross interview each other. I um, I am interested uh, in Ken Kanesh. He yeah. for like for that that group. Um, I try not to like re- solely rely on other other groups to like bring awareness to farm hop life. Like I'm I'm interested in the individual. Yeah, and so that's what I'm gonna go after. And I try not to because because when Groups just start interviewing each other. Like it just gets very like like I don't know how like I don't know another way to describe it other than circle jerky. Like it just so that's All what right. it. So I yeah I have to give space like between. So like I think it's um I think it's been enough like enough time has passed uh, since I I interviewed somebody from that group. Okay. Um. I I would. I'd, I'd like to bring on someone else. So, like, I did Brian from the Lots Project, and I was supposed to get Amy Dingman on. Like, I was on Brian's show, and then he was on my show. I was on Amy Dingman's show, um, uh, Farmer's Kind of Life, which is like super weird similarity in titles. But, um, and then she was supposed to come on my show, and then she did the hiatus. So, okay. I need to get her back in the loop. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. She's getting back into it, isn't she? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's, um, maybe I'm like way overthinking it on turn in terms of like, just freaking talk to people and don't don't worry about it. Cause nobody else cares. Your your first impulse is correct. That, that, 
that does tend to be like, oh, that was a multi-level way of, of marketing, you know, like years ago that you wouldn't really make money to find new customers. You just would be constantly feeding off each other. And, and it only works to a point, you know, but your impulse was correct. But I would just say, go for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just do the interview. He's yeah. an interesting dude. And it was a great conversation. I like, I like the um, interviews that he's in and like, well, like the whole group, they're, they're fascinating. And I, I just don't want to, uh, oh, Grant Grant from Homestead of Pain is checking in. I'll be home in 26 hey. minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, hit that like and subscribe button there, Grant. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't remember what I was talking about. That's okay. Um, yeah, interview. Yeah, they're 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 a fine group of people, and I would like to talk to each and every one of them. You should. So, yeah. Um. Oh, so uh, personal event. Um, I, I shared on social media that my, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Grant. He already, he already liked and subscribed. There. Um, uh, I shared on social media that my wife bought 40 pounds of apples, uh, yesterday. And so this is, Ooh. uh, this is us washing all of our apples. Cool. <laughs> And so we made applesauce. Um, oh man, applesauce, apple butter, uh, apple muffins, apple apple like an apple loaf, and then an apple loaf with like crumble on top or something. And then we did like three pans of apple crisp to put in the freezer. And I think we still have like fifteen pounds to dehydrate them. To, we don't have a dehydrator. You don't have a dehydrator? No, I don't have a dehydrator. Oh man! You gonna send me one? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Let me think about that. No, but <laughs> they're not terribly. Wait, I have an air fryer. Over. Do they dehydrate? Uh, got a mosquito that's flying around me. Um, I don't think an air fryer will do it. I think you need a de de an actual, honest to god. Yeah, I didn't know if they had like a. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. It's like a seven-in-one air fryer thingy, so I don't and, know. And but, and there are plans for if you you know if you get to a, a position where you say I've got to dehydrate all this stuff, you can get plan make plans for you know doing a solar dehydrator and um, just doing it yourself. That's so what like, I need another a, project. Yeah, <laughs> where there's a will, there's a way. Now, to be fair, the forty apples were like. 10 projects inside of one project. Yeah. It, it made my wife very happy. So I was happy okay. to uh, help and participate in. And it's a good problem to have. If apple you've got waxing. all those apples. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'll have a lot, lot more to put away. We'll find out soon enough. We've, we've got ourselves two or three or four apple trees. And, you know, in about three, five or eight years, we'll have some coming in. That'd be nice. Yeah. 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 Now, then you can sell them by the bushel or whatever yeah. it is you do. Sell, sell them to some some unsuspecting dude with forty pounds at a time. And <laughs> I'm guessing it's because it's end of season and okay. they uh, they weren't like the prettiest apples. Like these are not ones that you would pick up at a grocery store. But you yeah. know what? They made pie. Oh, that's another yeah. thing she's gonna make. She's gonna make pie. Um, they they made all this stuff just fine and like they're. I don't know. They're just good. They taste, they taste good. 
they're not overly sweet either. Like I had a store-bought Honeycrisp and I ate it right after or before one of these ones. And the store-bought Honeycrisp were like super, super sweet. So compared to these, these were just like just a regular sweet. Yeah. But yeah. also Honeycrisp. So. Oh, they are Honeycrisp. They are Honeycrisp. Yep. They're just like, wow. they're small. Um, Mealy. Yeah, no, it's good. Not even the size of my fist. So. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that was yesterday. Uh, yeah. And you went nuts with, with canning. Yeah, we actually had to buy more canning jars because we ran out. And so, and then I picked up uh, like an accessory today because, again, more canning. Um, the jar tongs thing to drop them into the pot. Cause, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, these are kinds, these are good things to work out now before we have any kind of a supply chain that, that perhaps might be coming our way. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about the, from the skills portion, cause I've honestly never yeah. canned anything before in my life. Yeah. So this was a new, new skill for me, which is kind of cool. I liked it. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I got very, yeah. very lucky. So she's like, she, um, she, she would put, we, we, for some reason, we have a wine opener, even though none of us own like drink wine. And so she puts the app, she was putting the apples on the corkscrew part of the wine opener and then peel, using the peeler oh. on that because she one time took like a huge chunk out of her like knuckle or something like that using a peeler. Well, I tried that. I'm like, this is, this is slow. I'm just going to, I'm just going to peel it. Like, I'm just going to peel it the regular way. And so yeah. the little teeth on the, I want one time, like it slipped or something. I was trying to get in like a little nook and cranny on the, one of the apples and the teeth got into my thumb and Ooh. I slowly backed it out. And I was like, that was <laughs> really close. Was, I know I could have been like, you know, that guy in uh, that movie seven, uh, Kevin Spacey in oh. seven, he has like all his fingerprints are taken off. That would have been me. Right on, oh. right on this thumb. It was oh. so close. I was so close. Oh, that, I feel that in my bones, man. That, hurt. that sounds like so painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, it was just just the little teeth and uh, no, no, no real damage. So we're all we're all good. I think if you were to do it on a regular basis, it would be worth investing in one of those spinning, uh, yes, peelers. My my father in law sent like a Amazon link to one of those and. Uh, Katie's like, yeah, we're not buying one of those just for like one day a year thing. Okay. Yeah. I, I <laughs> or even a one-time thing. I don't, I don't know. Like now yeah, if we could get all 40 pounds done in a day. Yeah. That might be an investment for uh one, one day a year kind of thing, but yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. If it's only if you're doing that all regularly. Yeah. Or um, like, you know, divide it up amongst neighbors, like let the neighbors, neighbors borrow it. Like, Hey, we'll, uh, We'll let you borrow this thing if you want to also let us borrow your dehydrator. Seems like a fair trade, right? <laughs> but yeah, that was yesterday. Cool. So, um, so the main topic, mm -hmm. what have you done for me lately? And when I pitched this idea, the guys were like, are you, are you asking us like, what have you done for us lately? <laughs> and I said, if you want to go there, that's fine. I'll be, I'll be open to that. But none of oh. them are here, so oh uh, man, I, I didn't. What's I didn't, up with these uh, these lazy bums? 
I intentionally didn't invite them, so I would not receive any criticism. <laughs> <laughs> That's now, not true. Now, when you said when you sent that, my first thought was the Janet Jackson song. I do not know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. No, I don't you didn't grow up in the 80s, so you didn't know. No, didn't I was that. born in 90. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that was going Math on in the background. Work. Oh no! Nope. Uh, you, you know, there's a Janet Jackson song. I'm not going to sing it because I. <laughs> oh, it would have been good, good views. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I just had to listen to it before coming on the show. So I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's what this is going to, you know, like this. You're going to play that for the theme song, and we're going to like rock out to some Janet. No, no, no. Okay. No. All right. No. So what, I, what I, I forget you... that she's an artist. No, that's true. What, are, what made you want to talk about this? What is there some story, some backstory? I don't know. I think it's, uh, I, I explained briefly uh, towards the end of the last episode that like it's a, it's a mindset that I think I have, but, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I don't like, you know, it's very, the first thing I thought of or that I think of when I hear what have you done for me lately is like boomers saying like, Oh, all these, you know, Gen Xers and millennials having like this, well, what have you done for me lately attitude for like our country? Like, that's the American flag, damn it. <laughs> like, it doesn't need to do anything for you. But um, I, I was going to just kind of, it, it's more of an open-ended question um, and like discussion topic. I didn't really necessarily need to touch on anything specifically, just just a good question. Okay. Like in in the terms of like country, right? So like you should be in service to your country like instead of like the that that mindset. Like you should be in service to your country instead of asking, you know, the whole like oh, what can my country what can I do, do for you? Yeah, that thing. What can I do for my country? Okay. Now, that sounds nice except that um, in a normal relationship, there's, there's give and take, and, you know, it doesn't always necessarily need to be like 50, 50, but it should at least be like equal. And I feel like in that sense, I'm giving way more than I'm getting back. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, uh, if you're asking the question, you feel like you're giving more than you're getting. Yeah. In terms of like taxes and all that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I'll bet, and I don't know the lyrics of the Janet Jackson song. I'll bet that's her attitude. Like she's saying, you know, to her boyfriend or her husband or whatever. Maybe her you know, manager. Her manager. Yeah. You know, I've been doing so much and what have you done? And maybe that's the, that's the question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I have to look up the lyrics or something. Um, <laughs> Let's do a, a, a thorough analysis of the lyrics. <laughs> okay, line by line. Yeah, yeah. Number so 17. The, the question, though, especially if you're in a marriage relationship, I think it's, I think it's the wrong question. Oh, absolutely. Um, because, and here's why, uh, that mosquito, I'm sorry, that keeps that guy keeps flying right in my field of vision. Uh, the question when you're when you're asking that question in the marriage relationship, you've taken your eyes off of the other person as uh, 
an amazing person and as a person for whom you are captivated like um there's a story one of my favorite pastors likes to tell the story where he comes home on his anniversary and he has a uh, uh one rose for every year they were married they were put it behind his back and he's got this rose there you know he's this bundle bunch of roses and he comes to the front door and he rings the doorbell which he never does because it's on his own house and his wife comes to the door confused and it's you know, you know johnny what are you doing here why are you ringing the doorbell and he pulls the roses out surprise it's our anniversary i've took you out to um, we're, we're going to take you out to dinner i've got a sitter and we're gonna we're gonna go have a good time tonight and here's rose roses and she says johnny they're beautiful why would you and if and if he were to say because it's my duty that would be the wrong answer <laughs> but now back up the back up the tape you know he's got the roses ding dong johnny they're beautiful why did you and he says because I can't help myself. I just love to buy you roses. I just, and we're, and, and I can't wait to spend time with you and to take you out and enjoy you and, and be with you and spend time in your company. And, and it's, and I think it's the same attitude that, that, that comes across when you're asking that in a marriage relationship here, you know, what have you done for me? It's sure a marriage should be 50, 50, but if you're, if you get to that point where you're asking it, You've taken your eyes off of uh, the delight of the spouse and, and enjoying the spouse for who the spouse is in such that you can't wait to do more for that person. And, I, and I'm, and I'm so, talking to myself because I know that I don't do well in this. I don't I don't always enjoy and appreciate my wife like I should. And I don't and I do have that attitude sometimes that, you know, I do so much and. You know, I'm not seeing, I'm missing some things here. You know, maybe she is saying to herself, I'm doing a lot for you and you just don't recognize it. So my first response would be to then back up, take a step back and analyze and think about the kinds of things that I really appreciate about my wife and about who she is, her nature and, and, and all that she is and and uh, relish that and enjoy that and, and glory in that. And then go forward into finding this is such a wonderful person. What more can I do for this person that I just take such delight in? So I I absolutely agree with yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that there are certain relationships that this does not apply to. Mm. Okay. So um, like marriage would be one that it doesn't apply to parents children siblings wouldn't apply to this um i feel like this attitude could be uh applied like angrily in faith like what have you done for me lately um like being mad at god or something yeah yeah that's, that's a i feel like that could be a common one now in the in in those in all those relationships, I was like, I was speaking about this briefly with my wife. Like, it would have to be pretty one sided before you even start asking the question. 
How's it going? Long story. Hey, long story. Good guys. How are you guys doing? All right. Good. It's been a while. Yeah, man. We got some rain coming in, so I was trying to get everybody in the dry. You know, we've got 135 meat birds on the property right now, so Woo. cool. Make sure they're tucked up, nice and safe for the evening there. Nice. Welcome. Thank you for Thank being you. here. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Um, do we need to catch you up on where you're, where we're at? Yeah, I don't want to bore the audience, man. I'll just uh, I'll tag along. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was just co- I was just covering quick. Uh, so the attitude of what have you done for me lately doesn't apply to um, your spouse, your children, your parents, or your siblings, unless it's completely one sided. Like, uh, let, let's say like there's a like a there's a friend, or even like a cousin, or somebody close to you that just sucks completely sucks all your time and energy um emotion could be financial um physical i I guess i don't know um that you're really starting to like wonder like what am i getting out of this like i like helping these people but man i am really really getting burnt out like what if why there's no like reciprocation here um what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, um, well, I really like the topic, first of all. I think one of the things that we have to be really careful about is we live in a world that tries as much as possible to make everything transactional, everything. And so, you know, I, I try to live more based on relationships than on transactions with that group you were talking about, right? Um, I... I've run into people that are like, man, my parents are so toxic. I just have to cut them off. And I'm thinking to myself, geez, man, my mom and dad have been dead for 12 plus years. I would do anything for a little toxicity in my life for my parents right now. Um, (laughs) You know, and and look, everybody, everybody's got toxic relations, quote unquote. I think that's kind of a a dumb buzzword, but I I think, you know, um, you know, I, I guess here's what I'll, here, I'll take it to an extreme. There are people who even view their relationship with God as transactional. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the part. Like there are people that are like, well, I did everything God asked. So why don't I have what I want? If that's your approach to life, man, and especially to God, I think that's not going to work out too well for you. Yeah. It's called prosperity gospel. It's the idea that uh, we can treat God like a genie, like he, you know, if we do these things, then God owes us, but God owes us nothing. <laughs> we owe him everything. Uh, so, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I guess I kind of view like, like you say, unless there's some extreme, like, you know, abuse or, or, or cheating in the marital relationship, um, there's, there's really, to me, it's, it's, you do whatever you, you need to do. Um, and you know, I, I mean, that's a sacred thing being married to someone and giving your life over to them. And what you have to hope for is you pick well and that they take the same care of your life as you take of theirs, you know? Um, I don't know if it feels a little unequal sometimes, I'm sure it feels the same way to them. So mm. that's probably true. And, yeah, yeah. And, and in marriage, that's that's a very that's a very good point because in marriage, 
when a husband and a wife, um, and I, I, I'm sorry to keep bringing up the Bible, but it's just my point of reference for most things anyway. Like the, in Ephesians, it talks about um, uh, that husbands love their wives and wives respect their husbands. And that's, I think that calls back to our core natures that a wife just wants that love and the husband wants that respect. A, a wife wants to give love to the husband, but the husband would rather be respected. And the wife, uh, the husband may want to give respect to the wife, but the wife would rather feel loved. And so yeah. they, all that to say, the se- the different sexes come at marriage differently. And so they'll they might be be tempted to ask themselves what have you done for me lately because i've been giving you uh husband i've been giving you love 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 and the husband says i i haven't felt any respect 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 Mm. they're just looking for two different kinds of things so one one person says to themselves i'm really committed to this relationship i'm putting it in and the other person's not seeing it because they're looking for something different yeah, and I, I tell you, you know, um, you guys have kind of got me riled up a little bit, but what what really bugs me is when you have two adults who can't figure out how to work out their own relationship and end up just crushing their kids under the burden of divorce yeah. and yeah, all that. Like, I I um, I like I I see this a lot, man, in, in in marriages where people are like, "Well, I just I need to go live my best life," and I'm like. Yeah, that's your oh, that's a, yeah, you're gonna be disappointed. I mean, yeah. that's all there is to it. Life is, and you're gonna hurt other you know? people in the process. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you if you look at if you go about it from like a how do I reduce suffering in the world uh, point of view, um, a little bit of extra suffering on my part to alleviate that with my wife and kids, that's a trade I'm gonna take every day. I mean, I would say I probably do take it every day, but that's going to sound pretty selfish. But I, I, I would take that trade every day. We know what you mean. There's <laughs> like, there's some like just the little things that man, I just, oh, I, I would rather not be doing this one little thing right now. But you know what? It's I'll, I'll suck it up, and it'll make their lives happier, better, and you know what? It's not not that big a deal to me. I can, I can put off whatever I was going to do. So yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. And Chris, Chris, you were saying like our core nature, I think that's part of the core masculine nature to, to, you know, to basically to be willing to sacrifice um, for, you know, and, and I think, you know, again, I mean, I, you know, we're going to solve the whole world's problems here, but you, <laughs> you know, when I, when I, when you look at like evolutionary psychology and uh, sexual selection, a lot of that stuff the way I'm seeing it, a lot of that stuff is starting to kind of confirm traditional gender roles. Like it's, it's kind of, kind of yeah, crazy, you know, it like, does. You, you know, you start, it really does. Stuff. Yeah. And, uh, there's, there's we're going to get Matt's that. channel banned for speaking truth here on this subject. <laughs> Whatever. My, my whopping 90 followers on YouTube will be disappointed. Oh, no. <laughs> well, right, right. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll step into that a little deeper. I might have been willing to listen to an argument about gender roles and social constructs before I started farming. (laughs) I see where you're going with that. You know, I, 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 I can't, 
I can no longer accept those arguments. You know, I just can't. I mean, can I would, you I would elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, a I watched a bull and a steer calf fight for dominance one day, and I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> like, it was the most like brutal thing, and you know, there there was just this like total like alpha energy about it, you know. And you look at roosters and drakes with with the the hens and. Uh, you look at the bucks, you know, with, with the goats, um, there's just a different, th- those behaviors are, you know, I think biologically driven. I don't think there's a lot. I, I actually believe that one day we're going to look at things and go, huh, most of this was biology. And what we, I, I, I even think that our grasp on free will is very tenuous, you know, like that's how biologically determinate I think things are. Um, that's probably one of my more radical views maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I, I look at the way that the male of the different species behave versus the females. And I don't see a social construct there. I think this is a biological pattern. Mm. Yeah. I'm with that. I will absolutely agree with that. Welcome Grant. Hey, yeah, Grant. I'm glad, I'm glad I made it. I was, you know, kind of driving, 97 down the highway trying to get home. <laughs> I got a podcast to make. Officer, you don't understand. Get out of the way. I've got a podcast. I'm going to run you over. <laughs> no, no semis got pushed off the boat. <laughs> that we know of. Um, Grant. Um, yes. What what do you think of when, um, as the only unmarried guy here? But I mean, mm-hmm. like you got a wedding coming up in like six weeks. Do you need to? Well, I, that's what I was tonight, and it was it was. I knew it. I knew it. Um, uh, what is your take on what have you done for me lately? Uh, could you follow that up with another sentence? Just so I can I describe it more. Um, in it. It could be, I guess it depends on the relationship. So uh, like we all talked about. <laughs> like, is it you personally? It's more rhetorical. It can be a personal attack. I am uh, available for personal attacks uh, um, for the next five seconds, and then I'm closing them. Uh, I'm, I'm on your show. Matt, Matt, I actually thought that was targeted at me since I haven't gone on the, on the uh, broadcast for a couple of weeks. So I'd be like, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm done with that guy. <laughs> Last chance. <laughs> Long story. Um, to be fair, uh, Grant, while you, while you, since I'm, I'm not giving you any examples on uh, elaborating, I'm gonna <laughs> just explain. For I, when I when I send out the email to invite everybody, I do not expect uh, anything in return. I I uh, post. I throw the topics out there that I hope are intriguing and make good conversation and whoever wants to come on is on. Um, and you know, I, I understand that people get busy. And so like long story, it's probably been a month, maybe more. I can't remember the last time you've been on um, that. And so like, it's just all in terms of availability. Like I don't have any expectations from any of you guys to like show, show up every week. Like, um, 
Christopher, like he he checks in every week. He's like, hey, I'm gonna make it this week, or I'm not gonna make it this week, and I I appreciate that, but I don't expect that out of anybody. Like, if I'm going to try to make it every week until that's a topic that I can't speak on. <laughs> All right, new challenge: <laughs> make a topic Grant can't speak on. <laughs> I'm, okay, well, I can speak on any topic. It's whether that information is helpful. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I am an expert in my opinion. So. Um, I, I, so we were talking about transactional relationships and I don't in, in friendships in which I consider everyone here, uh, a friend of mine, I don't, I don't expect anything out of you guys. Like if anything, like I'm trying to bring value to our friendship, like, um, Hey, how can I help them? Uh, like what, what do I have to offer to help them just because I want to help them? Um, I think like, that's like a mutual thing that comes with, you know, friendships. I don't really see anything wrong with, you know, transactional friendships because I do look at things a lot of the way transactional. It like specifically talking about like kids in my like other fellow classmates, you know, what I invest in this person, like time wise, you know, I'll do what I can to get to know them, ask them what they plan to do with this in the field and they're done. Half of them will say, Oh, I don't know. And it's like, okay, do I want to invest more time in you or do I want to put that into someone else who knows what they're going to do uh, and then wants to use me to help them and for them to help me by using me, you know, a lot of that, it, it builds into a friendship, but you have to start that somewhere. If there's not value in a person, um, you know, is it a friendship? You know what I mean? Someone has to share value with the other to really kind of build that foundation. I think that's true. Um, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Like you're more willing to step out on a limb to help somebody when they've helped you when you're like, man, I want to help this person. Now is really not a good time. Blah, blah, blah. Excuse, excuse to not help somebody. But even Mm -hmm. if it's super inconvenient for you, like, man, you know, they're in a pinch and I I, I just got to go help them, even though it's going to set me back. Like I got to help this person. Yeah. Uh, kind of. And I do, I I try to help people. Um, but like I would say like with our, our, our closest family friends who at this point we consider family. Um, we've been friends. We met them in church. They've been, you know, friends of the family since I was two. And um, they recently had an event within the family. And yesterday we dropped everything we were doing. We had just finished butchering out the second pig and we threw everything in the refrigerator. And we just left and we went and we stayed with them for about six hours. And then my parents are back tonight. We'll probably go back again tomorrow because we know if something like that happened, they would be there in the exact same way if they could. Right. And and you can look at that as transactional um, if you want. Because if you want to break it down, it is that is transactional. I mean, you put so much into them knowing they're going to give that exact same back to you you wouldn't do that to somebody who just wouldn't because then like you put into it and then they burn you. Well, he's like, okay, second chance you put into them again, they just take it and burn you again. And whether it's through happenstance or their circumstance, sometimes people just have that thing that follows them 
that every their life is always a mess. Something is always following them. They're always in some type of trouble. It's always something. And I don't know if that's the kind of people you really want to keep around as long-term friends. You know, if you do what you can with your power to give them an assistance, because that's the Christian thing to do, but you're not tied to them to help them get on track that they should be. No, that's really well said. Thank you. I'm surprised it was as well said as it was. (laughs) I have a question for long story, because you said something earlier that intrigued me and I couldn't, I didn't understand it. I wanted to hear it again. Or you said you, you don't you don't think that um, friendships are transactional. You think that there's more of a you you try to pour more into a relationship. Can you talk that out a little bit more? Yeah, what I was trying to say is um, I, I don't want to live like so. I, I'll give you an example. My best friend since I was like ten years old. When we were in college, we'd go out to lunch and we'd have lunch and we'd be like, "Hey, I got it today." And the next time he'd be like, no, no, I think it's my turn. And we never knew. I mean, I could have been up three or 400 bucks. I could have been down three or, three or 400 bucks, but we didn't, we had no idea. You didn't keep track. And that's what I'm really saying. Like, I'm not saying that, like, like Grant was saying, there's going to be some friends that probably no matter what, if they call, I'll go, you know, no matter what. Um, there's going to be other friends that are going to be very transactional, you know, uh, you know, um, I think I'm learning with the farm. I didn't know how to ask for the money at the beginning. I was like, you oh, you're a friend. I'll give you a deal. And then I'm like, I'm working for free or yeah. I'm like paying to, to give them food. Like I'm literally going in, you know, going uh, negative to, to give people food. I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. And I had a really good friend of mine. She goes, she goes, Jeffrey, you have to collect from your friends your enemies won't buy from you. <laughs> I'd never thought of it that way. Like I never processed that. Yeah. Like uh, somehow I'm thinking there's like this close group of friends, then there's customers and then there's enemies. Well, guess what? Your friends and your family are probably the most likely people to actually do business with you. As long as they understand they're getting value that's commensurate for, you know, with what you're at, you're, you're asking there's no reason that can't be that particular piece that that relationship isn't transactional. But I try to live my life where in the friend and family column, like we were saying, and it's, there's a Friedrich, Friedrich Hayek has this concept of the micro, like basically you should be a blazing socialist with your close circle. And the further out you go, the more, you know, laissez-faire you are. Right. That's that. Okay. Um, and I, I guess that's what I would, that's the way I would kind of summarize it, but and, yeah. And then the way I would take that even is to t- turning it around as, as your customer, I would definitely try to pay more than you would ask than, uh, uh some, somebody up the street because I'm the friend, I don't want the, the, the friend deal. I want to be able to, to, uh, to serve you, give you more than you're expecting. You know, I, I, that's that's the way I, I ought to I, I ought to do to the people for whom I want to support is I should be able to, you know, find because I'm gonna call them friend, right? You know, and mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not your friend because I want something. What have you done for me? I'm a, I'm I'm a friend because 
you give me an opportunity to, uh, in some small way, lay down my life for you in this way or that way. I, I was I listened to Thriving the Future podcast the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a big podcast guy, but every now and then, if I'm in the car, I'll listen to one. And I, um, I just you know they've been interacting with me on Twitter, and I thought, well, I give it a listen. And uh, they they had had a conversation, I guess, about the gift or barter economy and how in homesteading there's so many people looking for stuff for free, um, and then there's so many other people that want to just give stuff for free. And I think that can be like the other end of this topic. You know, it's like sure. it, that can be pretty negative. I mean, it could be great, but taken to an extreme where everyone expects everyone to give something for free. You know, I, I used to, you know, when people ask for free stuff, I'm like, oh, well, you know, like education should be free. I'm like, OK, if you're a teacher, will you work for free? Like, I, I, I the mean, world can't work on free. Yeah, like there's that, a limit. There's a limit, right? I mean, yeah, um, yeah. But what you were saying, story about like with your friends, you can't count that. Like, like you were talking about lunch, you can't keep counting score on who's buying who what. But you can count. Like, you can be there and count the emotional transaction. Like you said, you know, pour into each other that that's really the foundation of friendship and like to the topic of what have you done for me lately you don't really have to do anything for them as long as you just have an understanding that i'll be there for you you know what i mean the um in in the terms of giving something away for free like maybe what you wanted was uh in return a connection or a relationship or community building. Um, Yeah. Relationship. Yeah. Relationship building. There's a guy uh, I became friends with through the Montana poultry growers co-op. So like I've like, I needed to rent equipment to process chickens and buy feed and stuff. And that's how I met him. And he lets me hunt on his property. And I've been over to his place a few times to help like, he was my very first interview. He did like I recorded a farm tour, um, and I, I've, I've helped him here and there. But like he also like lets me hunt on his land and stuff. And I feel like when when people are so giving, I feel like I couldn't like I don't have enough time to like reciprocate what like the value that I'm getting. Well, what you can do is when it comes to giving gifts, it's the thought that counts putting that thought into a gift or like you made an apple butter or you made your apple muffins and stuff like that. You could, you know, take him some and says, Hey man, I just appreciate you, appreciate you helping me when I needed help and you letting me use what's yours. And because it's, it's the thought of giving that, whether it be small or not, it's that extra personal step of, Hey, you thought of me to give me something, but then you made it yourself. And then you That's gave a good that idea, to Grant. So that I do that a lot when it comes to like jams and jellies because, you know, it's a way to kind of pay people. You pay them with your kindness and your time and it kind of you, you whether you store that in a product and then when you give it to them. It's like it, it makes them think highly of you more. So you just kind of you can sell yourself without having to, you know, try to sell yourself. Yeah. 
Well, I, I like what you said about storing your time and your and your maybe your care in in something. Like, I've I've been baking bread for the for the market, and I did it on a. I, I have a bread recipe from when I was a chef that is awesome, and we started taking that. And then a guy goes, "Hey, man, can you make sourdough?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, no problem. I used to make sourdough all the time. I had." I let my starter go whenever I moved to Chile. I hadn't started one up since I came back. I was like, yeah, no problem. And I started making it almost like as a favor for this guy. And it's turned into like something that people really care about. But it was more of like the gesture of here's a guy who's like really doing everything he can to promote makers in our community. And, hey, you know, it's a simple thing to make a little and like you said, Grant, it's storing storing your your care and your energy and your time and that product that is appreciated. It's, it's cool. Yeah, it goes and it goes a really long way with people like, you know, for me with my vegetables, you know, um, my mom's boss's mother. <laughs> um, she's uh, maybe 80 something. So I, you know, I'd give her some tomatoes and some cucumbers, just, just, you know, a little, maybe two pounds worth of stuff that I had. And then she, she got it. She was tickled to death. She loved it. And then she hand wrote me a thank you card. And then she gave me money in it. She gave me $50 for hmm. two pounds yeah. of vegetables because wow. she was, she was grateful for it. And so I still have the note. I don't have the 50 anymore, but I have that note saved. And I've gotten several other thank you notes from people who were, you know, appreciate the time I put into what I gave them and wasn't really asking for anything, but then they end up giving you something back that was more. Hmm. And, and you can look at that. I, that I think by definition that can be considered transactional, but it's not the same as I bought dinner tonight, you buy dinner tomorrow night, and then I'll buy dinner the next night. It's, I, I consider those different types of transactions. Sure. So do you guys ever think of a situation where that is an appropriate question? Um, in a, I, I was thinking about this a couple, couple of different ways. Uh, appropriate that, to what? Appropriate the, question to ask. What have you done for me? Was, um, employee and employer relationship so like an employee now it's very it's very touchy because an employee could feel like i'm doing my job every day and i haven't you know got a raise or you know approved time off or whatever whatever it is that they want like what have you done for me lately but then i'm sure the employer's thinking like well, you just show up and do your job and I'm paying you what I've like our agreed upon wage. What have you done for me lately that I should go like above and beyond whatever yeah. our contract states. And so like I, both sides feel slighted. I, but I, I think you really can't use this in an employee setting because you have the management, then you have the employee or boss and however it works. They both should come in and do what they're supposed to do, but then take pride in their job to make it better for their employee and the employee to do their jobs as best as they can. I don't really think you can you can pull that in that. Maybe like if somebody's asking you for something, a really big something, um, 
say you come, someone, you know, come find out that, you know, somebody's behind on some important payments for their equipment they use to, to, to do their job. But they have been in the hospital for the last six weeks because they got into a four wheeler accident. I wouldn't I would not ask, what have you done for me lately in that instance? But if it's somebody who just kind of squandered the last week, six weeks, not really pushing and doing the jobs that they should have been doing, and then they're behind on payment, and then they ask, hey, man, I need a boost. And I'd be like, no, because you haven't been doing what you're supposed to. You really haven't helped me when I could have used it. So where have you been? What have you done? If not for me, but for yourself, you know, I, I do, I do, I do think it, 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 there are some instances where it is appropriate to say, you know, just kind of check somebody and be like, well, what have you done for me? If they just keep on and keep on and keep on asking and just taking, because some people will just take and take and take. Well, I, I, have, I have a friend who was uh, a drug addict and he was, mercurial in the way he would be like on top of the world and then just crash and go back onto onto whatever drugs or whatever and when he was in those bottoms man he would just he would suck you dry as much as you'd let him and he just had no concept of what he was even asking for um and those are those are those are probably one of the only instances where I gave him some money one time and I was basically don't ask again, you know? Um, but I, I, on the other hand, like, I know I'm kind of going over into a different space here, but like, if I see someone on the street asking for money, you know, I, I try to be a, a decent, I try to judge a little bit if I feel like they're doing it as a grift, as a business, you know, if you will. Because I've known people that that was their thing. They were like, nah, I make my money doing this. I can, you know, bagging groceries or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I also don't worry. Once I make the decision to give the money to someone, I don't worry about what they do with it. I don't care. I mean, sure. if they decide to misuse it, I'm like, hey, I figure God. It's on them God at that point. Yeah, God will put that in the ledger or however he sees it. It's not It's not something I can And to that, you know, when people add, like we, like I'm gonna call them beggars because you know that's what they're doing, and I don't necessarily find anything wrong with that. But you, you'll see the people who ask for money, and they look like you know you can look at them and be like, you look like you could be at work right now, and then you see some, <laughs> and, and then you see some people, and they're sleeping next to a trash can uh, outside the grocery store, you know. Then you, you you weigh that, and then like, well, you can go get that guy breakfast or dinner, and then bring it back to him. I keep um, my, some of my old jackets. I keep about three or four old jackets in my car. So if I ever see somebody who is asking for money or needs help, especially in the winter, I'll give them a jacket. I mean, I'm 21. I don't have a whole lot of money to spare. When I feel like getting rid of some, I'm gonna use it on myself. Um, but I'd rather do something for them instead of just giving money. Have you ever you know? thought about uh, making them a shelter out of IBC totes? Uh, <laughs> at that point, I think I might have to charge rent. Um, <laughs> yeah, those suckers are expensive. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, no, I get what you mean. You you give what you can. Uh, sometimes it's a jacket, and sometimes if you're Long Story Farms, it's uh, a, just a wad of cash. So, or sourdough starter, maybe. Well, you know what I? I'll tell you what I have been doing is, and uh, I've been giving a group home, some guys in a group home. I've been giving them the stuff that a lot that I don't sell at the farmers market. So, hey, nice. Yeah, they get the hawks and shanks and a little fat back here and there. You know, I'll take them something about once a month. I'll take them a, about, you know, 25 or 30 pounds of pork. Holy smokes. Yeah, that's four, four or five guys there. So it's not just one guy. So No, but still, that's a lot of pork. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's just it's filling up my freezers. You know, I can't, I can't keep holding it because I don't have a good market for that right now. So I can only eat so much. I feed some to the dogs. We eat some. And then... If we have a little leftover, we pass it on. Nice. So. That's pretty. That's pretty generous. I'm trying to think of. Well, um, I, I, don't, I don't really think so, but thank you. <laughs> I mean, you could not do it, so <laughs> I'd say it's generous. I, I could compost it, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I will, well, I will pay for the shipping if you're just giving it away. I will take it. <laughs> and, and long story, your what your action there kind of works into something which a, a wise man once said is that uh, when when you uh, take people when you uh, take people I'm gonna misquote it I'm sure take people out to eat who cannot pay you back that's some of the greatest treasures is that's where you're getting you know that you're getting that transaction but it's gonna come from uh, the 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 blessing in your heart that you're you know that you have contributed to make someone's day to a smile they cannot pay you back they cannot and that's that's the kind of people for whom uh you know we can sometimes we can seek out but it, it is it is dicey when you don't know if they're just putting you on for to, for they they're standing in front of the help wanted sign and they're saying you know we'll work for food like come on but those people for whom you can you feel pretty confident that they cannot they cannot help their situation. They would if they could, and you just want to put a smile on their face. That's just such a wonderful thing to do. Oh, I thought he was going to respond. Um, yeah, it's man. The 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 giving aspect takes this takes this question to a whole nother level because yeah. they're there usually isn't any prior transaction. And if there is, maybe it, Oh, he dropped out. Maybe, it's, maybe, it's, yeah, maybe it's internet dropped. Um, if there is a prior transaction, maybe, maybe it is one-sided and you still don't care. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, there you go. There you are. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about like a, like a charity, like when when we were at the Ronald McDonald House, um, I what from what I've heard is that after staying at the Ronald McDonald House, you are sent uh, something that resembles an invoice. Now it's like states, you know, we don't expect you to pay even a dollar of this. We're just letting you know 
this is what it costs to house you during your stay. Could be like five grand, 10 grand, whatever. Just to put it in perspective of the value that we that we gave you kind of thing. And it's like their way of um, getting people to, you know, become charitable to the Ronald McDonald House or Foundation or whatever it is. And I don't think that's a bad way to go because maybe some people do not have any concept of the value that they were, they've been given um, on that side. Now, in certain situations, I mean, it'd be completely uh, invaluable, invaluable support from the Ronald McDonald house. You know, you, you get what I mean? Or did I just ramble on and, <laughs> the latter i didn't i couldn't connect the thoughts together sorry okay sorry so like somebody somebody helps you out so much that they're like hey this is what this was worth to me and you're like i don't even know how i would pay you back because yeah. it, it was so needed in my, in this in this time of need that like yeah sure like maybe this thing costs five grand to you but like i i would never come up with the amount of money that it meant to me Okay. Uh, and again, I think I, that could be answered with something that is thoughtful and that you have done with whatever that $5,000 went to. Show them what it meant by doing it and being where you needed to be. So say it was, you know, a friend gave you $5,000, no strings attached to help you finally get over that threshold to start a business. Get put your nose to the grindstone and make that a successful business. Show them the investment they gave in you was worth every penny. Yeah, and if you and and some people when they give, if you were to try to give back in return, like you know, here I've here are the keys to a brand new Mercedes. Have a nice day, and you were to like, man, I love this car. Thank you. I would love to give you something in return. I, I, but I can't. Um, here's a nickel. You know, like it, it just about five thousand dollars. There's just no be no way to really repay. Right. That person, the person gets that reward out of the, uh, out of the whole giving, and and they know that you can't help. In fact, and I found that 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 thing that I was telling you earlier, I couldn't quote it right. It, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brother or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. Because they cannot repay you. So back to the original question that opened up this podcast. I can't think of a situation in which that's an appropriate question to ask. You know, find those ways to, to outgive one another and outdo one another. Yeah, I, again, like I said a minute ago, the only instance where I could see where it would be proper to ask that question is if you have you, you didn't ask that question and you just kept giving and giving and helping. Sometimes when you might not have, you know, had the room to, but yet they come back for more. You know, basically a deadbeat. You know, somebody yeah. who just abusing. They don't. They're they're just taking advantage of you. Yeah. Well, I um, I think an interesting question about that situation, and 
because uh, I, I do talk to a lot of people who are into preparedness, you know, and one of the things I think that a lot of quote unquote preppers call them whatever you want. I'm not into labels, but a lot of those guys don't. Well, first of all, there's some of them who are planning basically to go and take whatever they need. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wolf, wolf and, and I think I think the people who do that, they're stupid. And when they go to try to take someone else's something, they're going to awaken something in somebody's mind. It's like it's you or me and it's going to be me. You know what I mean? They're, they're not going to have that opportunity to go take something because they're going to get stopped at the door. They'll cut themselves off from the community, and then someone else who's a wolf pepper can come in and attack them, and no one will be there yeah. to defend them. <laughs> yeah. New name, wolf prepper. Wolf prepper, yeah. That's what well, it's called. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've heard that term a, a few times, and I just think oh, it, damn. It's, it's sad that that's such a, such a prevalent thing that – you know, you're too lazy to take your own preparedness and your own family's future in your hands. You're going to go out and take it from someone else who made sure that yeah. their family was covered and that they had enough that they might could give to others. You know, and that's that's a difficult thing when you talk about prepping, like story I think was fixing to get into, as you know, prepping extra to give. You know, having well, that, that extra set aside to give. That's and I think. Outside. That's exactly what I was I think yeah. that's where people yeah. will have to wrestle with that is because if they have a little extra to give and they give it to somebody, then somebody else yeah. is going to come and somebody else is going to come. And then they may come back again and they may tell their friends and come back again. And you're ended up feeding a whole community when you prepared for you and yours. Well, I, I think so. So where I was headed with that was, you know, down that, that path. But I think that we do need to be like, if, you know, one of the reasons that I uh, try to be as self-sufficient as I can is because if, you know, and I'm not talking about just prepping, I'm talking about self-sufficiency in the very general sense, is that that's the only way that I'm going to be in a position to help other people. Because exactly. if I'm constantly in lack, I can't give, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that could be in any aspect of your life, emotionally, financially, whatever it is, you know? But I, I so I think you have to plan to, 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 give and you will have to give till it hurts but by the same token you know like i've thought this through and my my plan if there were ever a, a big crisis like that would be and I've, I've 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 actually started preparing for this but to have five gallon buckets and put some rice and some salt and some other some other useful items in there and if you come and you ask for something i'll say here's what i can give you you know but don't come back that's yeah. it you know um, okay, so a, a trick with that is yeah. it's a good idea to do it. It's just a, a bad idea if they know it came from you. Yeah, because uh, in practice, you know, they could just take advantage of you and they, oh, yeah, you or, or attack them, you. And so, they can just come yeah. back again when you're So asleep. something that you can give through a church, you can say, I don't have anything, but I've heard there's a church down the road and you've secretly on the side yeah, given to the separate church. Separate yourself. Or, or some some friend, you know, something, not necessarily a church, but it, it, some uh, organization yeah. that is separated from you. In, in James so. James Wesley Rawls and his novels, that's what a couple of the communities do. Yeah, they, they set yeah. up a, a thing. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's just something that that basically, you know, like I've thought through. And I guess my point being, the reason I said it, the more to set it up was that 
you know, you said there's never a perfect answer to that question. I think there is a point where you have to say, not what have you done for me lately, but I can't give anymore and I'm sorry. And it's not, it's not about the transaction. It's just, I'm no longer in a position to give. You know, there's I'm a limit. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to come back to that too. And I was reminded of, uh, I was trying to look up the book. It's The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. Yeah. That was so, a good book. That's yeah. Good book. If um if you if you feel like you just gotta give, I, give, I and give and give and give. Yeah. I was gonna say you're probably the most uh literate, I don't know, of all of us. So <laughs> just by age alone. But yeah, the giving tree. Don't don't give till you die. <laughs> Is what I got out of that book. <laughs> Oh, that's a good lesson. <laughs> yeah, don't give till you die. Yeah. And okay. um, but yeah, we're we're over an hour here. So okay. uh what do you guys want to wrap up on? Any thoughts or notes? No, nothing in particular. Uh for in the husband and wife relationship, she and he are going to be thinking that question. And when they do, they are going to be looking for different things. And a husband, a man, loves to lay down his life, but he doesn't always naturally love his wife. And there's a joke that that's, there was a, a couple that was married for 50 years, and I'm hoping I'm not going to butcher the joke. I'm not good at telling jokes, but uh, they were married, married, and he just would never say, I love you. And one day she just had enough of it, honey, you, 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 we've been married so long and I just don't hear, I love you. And he said, well, I told you that at the wedding and if it changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do that. I missed that whole segment, but to what you said, um, if he didn't love her, would he go to work every day? Would he? Yeah. Provide the but home and she, everything, this and that so, and everything else. So to wrap it up, she's perceiving love in a different way, and he's looking for respect out of her. And when they don't, when the couples don't recognize that, they can be at, they start to ask themselves, "What have you done for me lately?" So mm -hmm. when when well, once not when once not acknowledged, then the other one gets forgotten, and then they they both are missing and not doing what the other one wants to affirm themselves, to affirm your partner in the other. It's just to make sure, Hey, I notice you. Oh, Hey, I notice you too. That's, that's big. Yeah. Well, you know, let me, let me add on to that. Um, I, I, we, my wife and I went through a conversation where we talked about like, you know, I, I show you my love because like me, I'm like the, the guy in the story. I'll let you know if that changes. Yeah, but I mean, I go to work every day. I work very hard. I I earn a decent living, etc. And those are all ways I feel like I'm showing my love for my family. And you know, I feel like, hey, I did I did my part. You know. Um, and so anyway, we're having this conversation about this, like how do I show love, and how does how does she show love? And what we found out in discussing it was that we were loving the way we wanted to be loved. Yeah, but we weren't loving the other the way the other, other wanted to be loved yeah 
And so we were, we were trying to say, how was, how does the other feel loved? What, what do I need to do to make the other feel loved? And so that's a huge challenge. I mean, uh, I'll just submit to you that it's very difficult to, because I mean, you know, uh, I like to cook, but I like to cook not, not to make other people feel loved, you know, a little narcissism there. My wife knows that if she brings me breakfast, I feel loved. She hates to cook. So she'll cook to make me feel loved. Whereas I'll cook because I love to cook. Like, not because I want to make anybody feel loved. And, and so when you can suck up that motivation to love someone the way they want to be loved, man, that's that's super powerful. I think that... Anyway. That no, I'm glad you brought that up. That's uh, I think that's a great note to wrap up on, like, um, so that people do feel like they're getting like out of the relate transactional relationship. Uh, they're getting out what they wanted out of the relationship. But you gotta make sure that that that's well defined in that what they like, what it is that they actually want, not what it is you think they want. So yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Um, all right. Let's go around and plug our stuff. Christopher, you're first. Yeah. So use the coupon Farm Hop Life Rocks at securecoop.com and get a free ebook on coop protection. We're going to be working. I'm working on a uh, coop door opener with phone notifications. And so you, you have a chicken coop and it opens the door. It tells you whether it's open. It tells you if there's an issue. And I have a guarantee on that, that if uh, if there's ever a failure that I do not notify you about that causes you to lose your entire flock, I will replace your entire flock up to 20 birds. It, it'll make a stop it. Stop, uh, it'll make for a good stocking stuffer this this holiday season. <laughs> I don't know about this holiday season, but we're getting there. It, and it, it'd have to be a pretty big stocking, I think. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Christopher. Yep. Thank you for the opportunity. And me, um, I am at Homestead of Pain on a couple places. Such an awesome Not a, team. That's it, great you know, it, it really is, and that's what we are going to use. Um, I'm going to have a lot of different subsections under that eventually, but check me out. I'll post, start posting things eventually. Um, I've been extremely busy. Mm-hmm. Going on dates. <laughs> This is the second one. Today was my second first date. Cool. Or my first, my first second date. My bad. First second date. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you post whenever you get around to it. Yeah. I need to start. <laughs> I have all the content there. I Literally to... dump it. Just dump it. No context. Just post pictures. <laughs> Like I, I mean, pig on, in the Telegram chat. Oh, okay. So the thing about that pig is, though, I have like that was like the 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 clean side. I have a lot more <laughs> uncouth pictures of that pig. See what gets you um, banned. I would, would like when we were cutting its head off. I videoed that because it just looked kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I didn't share it with anybody. It's just like. <laughs> This is gonna get documented. <laughs> this is just for me. Thank you. All right. Long story. Let's hear it. Hey, well, we'll be at the old barn 
in Chapin, South Carolina for the market on Saturday. Um, we're ramping up our production and we should be, uh, hopefully we'll be opening our local food grocery sometime next year. I don't know if I ever talked to you guys about that project, but yes, you did. Okay, good. Yeah. So hopefully sometime middle of next year, we'll be, we'll be getting that going. I went to a, um, food to market workshop. I'm taking a class on, on basically on food safety and food regulation and, uh, hooked up with some other, other producers and, you know, trying to forge some, some relationships there and keep building my community here. So I love it. Cool, man. Awesome. And I am Matt DeRozier of A Farm Hop Life. We are a traveling homestead family. Uh, we are launching April or May. I forget which. Uh, in 2023, we're going to visit 20 homesteads in the year 2023. Hence, 20 by 23 project. Uh, check us out, farmhoplife.com. Until then, we do interviews and updates and this men's forum. So, do you have all 23 homesteads that you're visiting down pat? 20 homesteads in the year 2023, Grant. Okay, it's <laughs> not said, 20 by know. it's not 23 by 23. I didn't know if you had, I didn't know if you had all the ones that you had that you know you're going to like scheduled out and ready to go. Um, not really. Um, because maybe I have maybe a, I have a few. And I'm honestly probably just going to be like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go. Who, who's cool around you? I'm going to go visit their place and see see their so their homestead. And maybe maybe you can throw on like a 24th, you know, bonus farm if we can get our property, get that family 20. property. Where we'll, He's still thinking it's 23. I know. <laughs> yeah. He is. Grant, Grant Grant's clearly got other things on his. He's mind. He's got other things on his mind. <laughs> that third day. I guess I'm lost on this. <laughs> 20. Well, there's 20x, 20 23. 20 is the number of homesteads. Homesteads in 20. X by yeah. 23, the year 2023. Hence, 20 by 23. It's, it's just a play on words thing, dude. Like, so you want to visit, you want to visit 23 <laughs> homesteads. Nation. No, he's just happy back. with me. That's what he's doing. That's what he's this just happy funny. with me. And, this is funny. Uh, we are leaving. Thank you Matt. all for listening. All right. <laughs> Enjoyed it. All right. Y'all be good. All right. See you guys. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. Nope. Long story. Peace out. All right. Bye. <laughs>